0: Bullhorn.com founded in 99 raised 4 million early on basically sold 60% of the company before going on having a lot of success and now over 200 million dollars in ARR up 30% year over year essentially their e40 metric is about e50 25% EBITDA margin 25% year over year growth at this scale obviously pretty impressive 1000 folks on the team 7% annual gross revenue churn 8% expansion as they look to drive more expansion revenue over time with more acquisitions now that they're part of the insight family. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Art Papas. He's the founder and CEO of Bullhorn, the global leader in software for the staffing and recruitment industry. He was the original architect of Bullhorn's flagship customer relationship management system, which now helps more than 10,000 companies around the world run their business. Art, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So uh, you were early on to the game. So, So tell us first off, when you launched this company, what year and what are you working on today?
1: Yeah, so we started Bullhorn in 1999 and we were originally... We were a online service, kind of like if you've ever used or seen Upwork or Fiverr, we were an online marketplace and specifically we were focused on creative talent and it was really too early for that business model. So it wasn't too early to get people to come online and build profiles and upload examples of their work. But it was really hard to get companies to hire those people over the Internet to do freelance work, which now that seems like really common. And I think it was just we would go to sit with companies and they'd either A, say we don't have Internet connection in the office, which in 99 was like shocking. But okay, or they would say, I just don't trust the Internet. Which is ironic because what we pivoted to become was one of the early SaaS platforms. And I convinced people to put their business data on the internet, which arguably should have been harder. But I guess in the sort of year or so subsequent to us pivoting away from the marketplace and and becoming a staffing software provider the views changed or I just got better at convincing people to trust the internet
0: with that. I want to, I want to fit now. What I'm gonna do is I'm going to get where you're at today and then the rest of the show, we're going to fill in the whole story in between. Okay. Sound good. So today, first off you guys on track to do the 175 that you predicted, we beat that. Yeah. Okay, good. So what do you think? I know you're trying to get to, I think you said 220 by 2022 or something like that. What's the goal to end this year at?
1: Yeah, we're way ahead of even that already. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, good. So, just to be clear, you're north of two hundred million bucks in terms of AR run rate today. Correct. What drove the accelerated growth? You were making predictions as recently as a year and a half ago that it, you know, would take you till twenty twenty two to hit that number.
1: We continue to grow really, really quickly, and I am conservative. And so, I tell somebody to do something, I like to do it, and so I want to make it such that I don't have an interview and somebody says, "Oh, did you do what you said you're going to do?" And I. I say, well, not quite. Let me explain why.
0: There's probably something to that. Now, this company's gone through many deals. We'll talk about your conservative approach has given you leverage in those deals, uh, your historical deals to date. But first off, one other data point from today, how many customers are you now serving? 10,000. Okay, wow. And that's not like a fluffy duffy number. That's 10,000 paying customers.
1: 10,000 paying customers. Majority are in the United States and EMEA. And then we also have, I'd say Asia's emerging for us. So okay. that's still... Uh, sort of a growth area for us.
0: So 10K customers into 200 million in AR. Fair to say average ACV is about that 20 grand mark?
1: Yeah, that's right. Okay, let's yeah.
0: fill in the backstory now. So it was the first line of code written in 99?
1: Yeah, I wrote the first line of code in 99 in my apartment in Cambridge. Yeah, that
0: was <laughs> Okay, apartment in Cambridge. And do you remember how much total kind of, uh, however you quantify it, how much you put into building MVP before your first dollar of revenue?
1: Yeah, so we spent about a year and a half and I probably coded every day for like at least 60 hours a day, six days a week. Sometimes I would take Sundays off, I think, but like, yeah, it was pretty intense for a long time. And a lot of that was just wasted work trying to come up with products that people didn't wanna use. What's interesting is one of our investors introduced me to our first customer. And he said, oh, you, you had know, investors money. on day one. We did. Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: How much did you raise on day one?
1: Our initial angel round was 1.4 million.
0: Okay. So you were just like a smart guy that could really tell a story. And that's what allowed you to get that money early.
1: I really couldn't tell a story. My co-founder <laughs> could, he was amazing. His network was amazing. And he was an incredible salesperson and he very smart guy. And he and I, Went to pitch investors, and you know these were people who were like his boarding school friends. And Roger came along later because we realized with 1.4 million, we needed somebody to help, like actually figure out like how are we going to like spend this money and how are we going to manage it, and we should probably get incorporated and all that. So yeah, so it was a good trio. Like Roger was like a COO slash CFO. Barry was like super salesperson. And then I was really the, the product lead and really did most of the coding up until up until we had revenue.
0: Yep. So what year was first dollar of revenue? 2000. Okay. So you spent about 12 months kind of coding, learning. Did you guys spend any of that angel money on, on the MVP as well? Did, like, Can you quantify how much you spent on
1: MVP? You blew all the angel money Like blew all the angel money on the first marketplace idea. Okay, so 1.5 million on MVP. Yeah, worse. Then we we raised, like nine months in, we raised four million dollars Series A, which was promptly blown on the original marketplace idea. All
0: right, this must have been like extremely dilutive. Oh, it sucked. I mean, can you? How bad was like you're selling like 30 percent of the company between those two rounds back then?
1: Yeah, it was like 30% of the company. It ended up being like 60 because we had to do a down round. So we pivoted with about a million dollars left in the bank and dramatically cut our expenses. And then we got our first dollar revenue and we went to our investors and we're like, we actually have revenue. And they were like, how big can software to the staffing industry be? (laughs) That business sucks. We are not investors. And not only that, if you raise money, we have an anti-dilution clause and a full ratchet. So just um, to be clear,
0: this was with the pension general uh, electric pension fund for 628,000 bucks.
1: You said it. This
0: is back in the day. This is 2002,
1: 2002. Yeah. And we did a very small, like 700 K round at a 50% haircut to the, the prior round. <laughs> ouch, uh-huh.
0: ouch, ouch. Now and wait did the, Did the, the prior folks ratchet up? Did they, did they go ahead and buy their pro rata? They did. Okay, yeah. so then that was extra dilution.
1: <laughs> so we got obliterated. So if fun exercises, go plug that scenario into like a full waterfall, you know, with a full ratchet. It's just it was just horrible. I was I couldn't understand. It took me like a week to get my head around like technically what was happening in the cap table. But once I did, I was like, well, look, I actually really believe in this company's going to be a big company. And we had I had our first customer saying this is amazing. You should sell this to every staffing firm in the world. We all have the same challenges. We all need an internet based system. And so dilution hurt, but ultimately we weren't really doing it for the money.
0: Yep. How old were you at this point? I was 25. Okay. So you're caught. What, like 42 ish today, 43. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So let's fast forward to 2008. You taken 26 million from general catalyst Highland. What was revenue at that point?
1: We were 13 and a half trailing and so that last little bit we raised, GE came along in two thousand five, was like, You guys are doing great. You need some more money. They gave us so it's funny, like the business they thought was horrible. Like they were like, Oh, actually it's really great. Well, yeah, but you I, had four years there to turn around, right? So we raised one and a half then. We didn't spend that, and then we got to thirteen million and we were always profitable after two thousand three.
0: So that one five was at that, that was not another haircut. That was at a better valuation than that was the that uh, was at an
1: up round. Yeah. And then Highland and General Catalyst came along and said, let's recapitalize the business. So, so GE was able to get out. So um, part of that was secondary. Yeah, a lot of it. Most of it was secondary. Just buying out GE. And then uh, there was... Internet dot com portfolio. So we outlasted our investors. They went out of business. That's pretty impressive, by the way. Did
0: you and your folks figure out how to get a chunk of the company back or did these guys it, come in and still buy like sixty percent?
1: Yeah, the guys were really great. They came in and they were like, Look, you know, you're essentially a hired gun CEO. Yep. With your package. Let's get you real equity in terms of options. And that I'm so glad they did that because that had a pretty transformative effect.
0: Oh, huge art. I mean, I'm doing the math on your full deal history. I'm going, something had to have happened here for him and his folks to stay incentivize because there's no way they would have stuck. So kudos to general catalyst and highland capital partners. You typically see this, they know damn well, if they're coming in and a founder owns less than half the company that they're going to be diluted to like nothing, lose interest. They said, you know what, let's create an option pool post round. Obviously all the equity will probably vest. and
1: they, They didn't give it to you immediately, did they? No, 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 at no. all. It was tied to a destination.
0: Can you share what size that pool was? Obviously, it didn't all go to you guys. There's probably some for employees, but you're talking like 20%, 30% option pool? It was a 20% option pool. Okay, fair enough. So investors at this point were back down on a fully diluted basis, something like 40%. There was 20% up in the air that you guys could earn over a couple of years. Best
1: we're still 60%. We really got hammered. Okay. So fast forward to 2012. Tell us what happened then. So then Vista Equity comes along and says, I want to buy your business. And I was like, I'd never heard of Vista Equity. I didn't really understand private equity, how it was different from venture. I had heard all sorts of horrible stories about how like, they just cut costs and it's yeah. all about managing the EBITDA. Then I did some homework and I found out that that's not really what Vista is all about. And like Highland coming in and sort of being really pro-management and pro-the-company, so is Vista. And that had a really positive effect. And they allowed us to replatform our product, which at that point, SAS 1.0 product had never been redesigned, was still in ColdFusion. What was AR in 2012? 2012 was like 40. 40,
0: yeah. So I assume that this was called like 150, 200 million ish kind of deal.
1: I can't comment exact valuation. Oh,
0: about. come on, dude. This was like a decade ago almost. Uh, six years ago.
1: <laughs> you're, still, go-
0: you're still under NDAs?
1: Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but it did leak that it was a nine figure deal. So, yeah, and it wasn't high nine figures, obviously. Yeah. I mean, look,
0: we'll we'll move on past this. Is it? Can we just put a cap? Can we say between 100 and 500 million? Is that a fair range? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And were you doing with Robert or Brian? Because Vista was kind of early. You know, now obviously everyone knows Vista, but
1: Alan Klein was head of the Foundation Fund. And I did have Robert and Brian on my board. And those everybody at Vista I worked with was really great. It was a great experience.
0: Okay, so here's my big question. Here's my, here's my next big gap in your story that I was really looking forward to interviewing you about. Vista will not let a cash flow positive portfolio company go, you know, almost regardless of the premium. You know, their issue right now is they have to deploy $14 billion of capital. And if they find a good company, they're going to keep it. Why do they let you go to Insight?
1: Yeah, good question. So we were the last investment to liquidate out of the foundation one fund. So foundation one was their first fund that was geared at midsize growth companies. And all the other investments had been huge home runs and they were like, look, we can close down the fund. There's a lot of interest in bullhorn. And once they closed down the fund, the returns on that fund were just unbelievable. Like It was an unbelievable fund. And so there was, I think there was a, there was a sense that if the price was right, and it was a, a return that looked in line with the rest of the portfolio, that they had some deals that were like 10x. And so it was a good outcome.
0: And what year was that with Insight?
1: Just over a year and a half ago.
0: Okay, so, so call it 17, 17,
1: 18 It was the end of Thanksgiving 17. Okay, Top Drive. many of you ask
0: me all the time, how did I get my website up so fast, so quickly, and why is it doing so well? The answer is simple. I use PostGator.com to keep the thing cranking along. They've got a 45-day money-back guarantee, which is great. I used their free website builder to get the site up because it's ideal for WordPress. It's just what I use. They've got 4,500 templates and a free e-commerce plugin as well. And 24-7 support, which we love, right? We love that. I bug the hell out of them. They always get back to me. So I've got you 30% off along with $100 in free AdWords credit. To grab it, just go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. But you got to do it now. Again, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. So while you were under kind of Vista's arm between 2012 and 2017, what did you grow revenues to?
1: We started revenues at 40 and we ended
0: at 130. Okay, so 2017, you guys were on do at 130, and then today, obviously, up over 220. What were the first two things that Insight helped you do in the company that you would have not learned from anyone else except Insight?
1: One of the big things that we did when we were closing the deal with Insight was we did a really strategic acquisition, and I think having a new partner their appetite to go after something that had a very long range impact to revenue but was strategic like hey you're going to get into a whole new product line and it's going to take time to make that happen
0: are, are you talking people net or connexus
1: people net people net, yeah At vista we did Conexus with vista and then people net was with insight the other thing that insight did which i thought was cool was they came in there like hey guys what about AI? And we're like, look, we have some stuff going on with AI, but we're not investing a ton because we're not venture backed, you know, and we want to generate EBITDA. And Insight was like, look, like you can't be a software company and not be investing in AI. And, you know, so they, they took sort of the progressive move of saying like, let's right size that investment so that you're positioned to give your customers the benefit of all the things that you can do with AI. And so, so that's been, that's been really cool.
0: We're almost back up now to where we're at today, but let's go back one year ago today. So north of 200 million bucks in AR today. Do you remember where you were at a year ago?
1: Where did we end last year? It's blurry for me because we did a lot of acquisitions last year. So
0: yeah, no, you guys did. I mean, I'm looking at, I mean, talent rover, job science and, and, and or something like that. You got got to rebrand that one. I'm just trying to get a general sense of year-over-year growth rate. So, I mean, did you guys obviously doubling at this scale is extremely difficult. You're more probably in the 20 to 30 percent range.
1: Yeah, that's exactly where we are.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's so, 20 percent right. year-over-year growth. Now, one of the things I like to look at with companies at your scale, you know, I've had region with Cvent, I've had a couple other folks on with 200 to 400, 500 million in ARR. They're all thinking about E40 metrics relative to public SaaS companies, obviously. So, what's your E metric? Okay, good. So, you're E50, which means if you're doing 20 percent year-over-year growth, you've got to be taking 30 percent EBITDA margins.
1: Yeah. Or 25, 25
0: or twenty five, twenty five. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. That's great. So moving forward, right? Help me understand some other things here. So a lot of growth at your scale can come from expansion revenue. Are you driving a meaningful expansion revenue now? And do you see it as a growth channel or more of your growth is going to come from new customers?
1: You know, it's interesting. Like we were all new logo sales for the first decade, maybe even 15 years. And, you know, you get to a point where you realize like, My customers buy other software products. And so it takes a while for the organization to shift to say, okay, I'm going to go spend time with my existing customers and try and upsell them. But once you do, you discover that there's this whole new gear for growth. So part of the acquisition strategies, like the PeopleNet acquisition gave us two new product lines. There were some acquisitions we did a couple of years ago that gave us two product lines. And so those are really starting to take off in the customer base now. There's a lot of work you have to do. Like we had to do a lot of R&D to take a product that was standalone successful with 100 customers and make it scale to, you know, how's it going to flow into 10,000 customers and how's it going to work.
0: Peel back this onion for me here for a second. If you look over the past 12 months, just gross, so ignore expansion for a second, gross revenue churn. Are we talking like 10-ish percentage or what was that number?
1: We're in the low 90s gross and around 100% net.
0: Okay, got it. So just obviously that's not churn, that's retention. So you're retaining about, call it 92, 93% or churning 7 or 8% annually. And then you just said your expansion is also 7 or 8% for 100% net.
1: Yeah, and, and I would say the expansion number is the one that we think in the next couple of years could go to... You know, we could be at 110, 115. Well,
0: I was just going to push you on that in a very polite way. Look, most folks at your scale, you're you're seeing, and especially at these ACV sizes, you're seeing expansion revenue world class, I'd say, is between 20 and 30% annually. And you're significantly below that. Why haven't you driven more expansion revenue, especially with all your acquisitions?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, my quick answer to that is, like I said about the R&D, when we first bought our first add-on acquisitions, we did not sink the kind of R&D that we needed to into it. And so... Now what you're seeing is like the ramp is, is high. I mean, that was the upsell factor was probably like three, four percent mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And so now it's starting to ramp, so it's growing. It absolutely should, you know, 20, 30%.
0: Yeah, you know? guys can get there. I mean, the, I would I would say that's a massive part of your growth story in the next is the next five years. I mean, you, that's just money on the table for you guys.
1: You've been sitting in our, sitting in our management
0: meetings. Yeah, good, that's good. I have, I have little birdies everywhere, you know? All right, some other
1: questions here about aggressiveness, CAC.
0: So let's role play here. For a $20,000 ACV account, will you spend the full 20 grand up front to get them? What do you like to optimize payback period yeah, for?
1: We'll spend about 22, five to 25, depends on the segment. So bigger customers, more expensive. So you'll spend up to 25 you know yep. de- a dollar fifty to require a dollar of recurring revenue, smaller customers, you'll spend about a dollar10.
0: Okay, love that. And are you generally getting more aggressive there or less aggressive?
1: In the enterprise, we're getting more aggressive, and in the S&P, it's all about like how do you focus on driving the efficiency? the right customers, right? like the high turn customers, how do you avoid signing them up and putting a lot of effort and energy into
0: Did you spend much time when you were with this, I don't know if this was before their time, but with like Reggie at Cvent or Andre at Ping Identity or Bill at MediaOcean, those guys or no?
1: I know Reggie and Andre.
0: Okay. The only reason I ask is Andre and and Reggie both, when I had them on, I pushed them on this and they said, yeah, one of the things they're doing is they're driving up even to sometimes $2 for a new dollar of AR because they're driving competitors out of their distribution channels. And once the competitors leave those channels because they've made it so expensive, they just drop the CAC back down. Are you doing any of that tactically in any channels? We haven't had to do that.
1: and The market dynamics might be different in our our market. I'll tell you, when we add sales and marketing heads, we don't, like our ramp is pretty quick. And so maybe they're more enterprise focused.
0: You just mentioned ramp time. Let's talk about team quick and then we'll wrap up. Team size today, how many people total?
1: We're just under a thousand. Okay. And how many are engineers versus quota carrying folks? Good question. Off the top of my head, I would say there's probably in the R&D team about 200 and then sales is about 160
0: and what do you optimize your pro formas like per salesperson you look at salesperson profitability right so compare their on target earnings right when they hit quota their full comp relative to their bookings targets is it like generally like a 5x multiple you're optimizing for 10x or what
1: yeah so in the smb it's about three to three and a half and then in the enterprise it's full five.
0: that's pretty good okay good good stuff anything that i should have asked you about like like metrics you're looking at that i've been asked about or you're like you missed this
1: the one we look at a lot is cac to ltv and so and especially by segment so if we're talking about a large customer that the cac to ltv and I, I i exclude upsells from that i just look at sort of like you know what's the cost to acquire the initial customer and also like the upsells really blur like. You know, you had churn over here. So you'll end up with like an infinite LTV to CAC. And so I like to look at it sort of a raw basis. And that for us has been a really good metric. And like the SMB, we were good, but not great. And it's allowed us to become great. And in the enterprise, we're, we're you know, excellent, amazing. Like, what you know, do you consider one- excellent? Well, it- you get 1% churn and it costs you $2. And so you keep the customer for like 99 years. Yeah. It's like,
0: Excel sheets are not your friend in this case. Cause it gets very unrealistic very quickly.
1: Yeah. So you could spend $99 acquiring the customer and break even. Yeah. So yeah. As I, long as
0: you can manage the cash gap, which potentially with private equity backers you can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. That is great. So, so when are, when are you going to IPO? I don't know. It's not really on my mind because the private markets are so good. Yeah, but how do
0: you personally get rich? I mean, one of the things I always like is how founders get personally rich and early employees and all employees. Like, how do they get rich? And like, you give up so much early on. Now, you strike me as a guy that likes learning. You're probably learning a ton still. So that's one factor, right? But like the other is like, how do you make personal wealth from this?
1: Well, I mean, there's plenty of personal wealth and private equity deals. You can sell a little bit of your stock and reload with options. Did you with
0: the Insight deal? Some of it was secondary?
1: You no, know, with the Vista deal, I did quite a bit and regretted that, actually. <laughs> Like enormously because, you know, you saw what happened to the revenue, right? Like had I just held on, but like, you know, so now for me, it's, it's definitely just about having fun and building a great company. And I think more about like the legacy of like, what are the employees going to say about their experience at Bullhorn? And I think, you know, of course people on my team are like, yeah, we're going to get paid. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> well, you're, you're a young guy. I mean, you have one or two more hits in you, I would say after this, and they probably be big successes based on all you learn. So we'll see what happens.
1: This is actually August is our 20th anniversary. So I don't know, man, I, I may not have any hits. I'll just keep doing this.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, man, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book
1: winning by Jack Welsh.
0: Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying?
1: I find Benioff intriguing.
0: Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the company?
1: Google Docs? I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I get a solid seven to eight. Okay. And situation, married, single kids? Married, kids. How many kiddos? Two kids. Oh, good. And how old are you? 43. I got that right (laughs) on the nose earlier. That's pretty good. All right. 43. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew?
1: How anti-dilution worked. (laughs) (laughs)
0: guys bullhorn.com founded in 99 raised 4 million early on basically sold 60 percent of the company before going on having a lot of success now over 200 million dollars in ARR up 30 percent year over year essentially their e40 metric is about e50 25 percent EBITDA margin 25 percent year over year growth at this scale obviously pretty impressive thousand folks on the team seven percent annual gross revenue churn eight percent expansion as they look to drive more expansion revenue over time with more acquisitions now that they're part of the insight family. Art, thank you for taking us to the top.
1: All right, thanks.